Life lived with others is where real joy is found. You know what I love about this uh, time of year through January is that we slow down, we relax, we step away from the busyness and the craziness of life and we embrace joy, we embrace peace. We receive something of blessing through this season. You know, it's not, in my opinion, just the removal of work and the stress and chaos that that brings that we actually enjoy through this season. I think it's actually a large portion about what we replace that with. What actually happens through this month of January as we slow down and relax is we spend time with people. We deeply invest in family, in friends. We share extra meals together. We intentionally walk slowly. We spend time on the beach listening to one another. It's not just the removal of work that I think actually brings us joy. It's that we replace it intentionally with community, with people. And we intentionally invest in those relationships. We love in a different way, in a more slower way. And what we receive in return is the gift of those relationships. We find ourselves filled with joy. We find ourselves filled with hope as we do this. And you know, I think this isn't just a January holiday experience that we look forward to and we savour when we have it and then hold in the memory bank through the rest of the year. I actually think that something of this experience in January is what God calls us to experience and live in right throughout the year. That we would actually have a life-giving experience in July and August as we're going through the tough, hard yards of winter in the city of Melbourne. This isn't just an idea. I think it's actually what Jesus calls us to experience and live out in our lives. Past 12 months has taught us a lot. 2020 has been a crazy year, an amazing year, a challenging year. And one of the many things that we have seen and learnt is that we need one another. We are actually made for relationships. The relational gap that has existed uh, in the past 12 months has been significant. Some more than others, yes, but each of us has realised that simply looking at one another on Zoom or whatever other platform isn't enough. Having to remind each other that you're muted, I can't hear you, the awkwardness of being online has helped us to realise, has led us to realise that we are best when we are in intentional, close relationships, committed to one another and journeying through life together. You know, often in our lives, in our Western culture, we think of ourselves in a fairly individual way that I am my own unit, accountable to family and friends and colleagues, yes, but I am my own person, individually created and uniquely different to others, and I am my unique Shape And while this is true, and I wouldn't want to say that idea of ourselves is not true, we will each stand accountable before God. And my faith and my walk with him, yes, the large portion of it is about how I connect to him. The scriptures tell us, the Bible articulates a story that I am not as much of my own person as I sometimes think, but I am made for community. I am called to deeply and intentionally invest in others and I am shaped by you just as you are shaped by me. It's not that 
I'm a pastor and therefore I shape you in the life of our church. It's that I'm human and you're human. And together we shape and form each other. This is a profoundly deep truth of Scripture. And this is something I want to spend some time talking about today. Our intentionality towards community, towards groups, towards family, and what God might have to say about that, what the Scriptures say about that. I want us to read a couple of scriptures together from 1 Thessalonians 5 and Hebrews 10, which begin to paint a picture of the images and the ideas that the scriptures explore in this area of community. And then I want to explore together what it is that the spirit of the living God might say to us today, might reveal to us. So may these scriptures um, wash over your life. May you receive them with an open heart and open mind today as we explore the work of God and the intentionality of community that he calls us to. The verses today are from 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 and Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The concept of building one another up is not just a throwaway line that the author of Thessalonians explores here. It actually is significant that we are called to be a people who intentionally spur one another along, who build one another up. And we should read these words and think about the image of building a building, a wall, brick by brick on top of one another. We are called to build one another up practically, physically. This is the image that the writer has in mind. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, uh, Peter actually picks up on this image and says that we should think of ourselves like living stones actually mortared together in a wall, expertly placed in the wall, building a holy temple that reflects the image and character of God and shows the world exactly who God is and what he's like. Living stones placed together, not living stones separate and on their own, doing their own thing, but actually mortared into a beautiful wall to strengthen one another, to build one another up, to build something beautiful and of worth and of significance and of integrity. This is the image that the scripture invites us into. The idea of being intentionally invested in community is not an an additional extra. It's actually part of the DNA, the fabric of what it means to follow Jesus. And the scriptures continue to take up a whole range of images that explore, well, what does this mean? Practically, how does this play out in our lives? It's not just a nice picture. It's not just an idea of building a holy temple in worship to God, but practically this is going to mean something. And so I want to just explore a couple of scriptures together that actually get into the nitty gritty of what this might mean to intentionally live your life for community and for others. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Living in community It's about actually choosing to place yourself among people where you need to forgive them and you need to receive forgiveness. It's actually a challenge. So who are the people that intentionally you will look at in your life and say, yeah, I'm 
I am in a relationship that requires forgiveness in both directions. This is part of what intentionality in community looks like. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We are called to be a people that are so close, we would actually carry one another's burdens. Not holding the burdens at arm's length and saying, yeah, I'll pray for you and good luck with that. But actually so close that we would carry the burden. We would lighten the load in one another's lives. James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We are to confess to one another our shortcomings, our weaknesses, our failures, our fears, to confess these things that are broken and fragile within us, not to just keep up appearances, but to be so deep in community that we can confess and receive forgiveness from one another. And Philippians 2 uh, verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of another. This idea that it's not about me. That when I go into the room amongst the people that I am intentionally invested in, I look around and I say, how can I make these people greater? May I be the least right now and may they become more. May I live in a way that brings the best out of them, that grows them, that strengthens them, that builds them. This is the call of Scripture. This is some of the examples of what it looks like to follow Jesus in community. Practical ways that we can live for one another. The Scriptures call us to be a people who don't just add community as an additional extra that's a good idea. But we are called to be a people who intentionally invest who live for one another, who know the people that we forgive, that we're bearing in love with, that we're carrying their burdens, that we're confessing to, that we're spurring on towards love and good deeds, that we're we're placing their interests ahead of our own. This is what the scriptures call us to. And I know this may not be new news to you. You don't have to be Einstein to realize and understand that life-giving relationships matter. That flourishing and joy and wholeness in life is largely connected to the state of the relationships around you. But what I want to say is that very often in our lives, although we know it, we can get this wrong. And we can tick the box of relationships that we're intentionally invested in. And yes, that's important. Yes, we need to be able to name those people and those places. But we can miss the heart of what these verses, what the scriptures are calling us to. I want to tell you a story of my own life. Uh, Much to my own shame, this story will highlight and show you some of my own mistakes and frailties and misunderstandings of how I've understood the call of community in scripture in our lives. You see, for a number of years in my life, I was a part of groups. I could tell you, I could name to you the, the people themselves, the, the, the faces that I was intentionally invested in. I went from a number of different groups looking to build people up through this phase of my life. And we saw great things happen, groups growing and flourishing and people coming to faith and growing in their faith. It was really fantastic. It was some significant stuff happening and I loved it. I was a believer that this stuff really mattered. And then in a series of events, just over a couple of weeks, a group that I'd gone to and invested in kind of just collapsed overnight. 
the key leaders pulled out, no one else was in a position to fully take over. And so I ended up with no group to go to. I was invited to come to a newly formed group that had just um, been set up uh, and felt that it probably wasn't appropriate for me to go back to my mates and friends and the other groups I'd been a part of, but this was a great opportunity. A new group formed, let me be a part of that and establishing culture and health and faith in this new group. So I jumped in um, wholeheartedly looking forward to the adventure. Pretty quickly, uh, I realised that this group was a challenge. It was a group of misfits. It was a group of people that didn't fit in any other group. It was a group of people that were difficult at times, and that was the result. That was why they didn't fit. Socially awkward. I shared very little interests with them. Uh, The faith conversations were pretty low level and kind of frustrated me sometimes, the conclusions that my group members were making about faith. I I didn't feel like this was challenging me or growing me. I kind of laughed and smiled and was polite, but inwardly I was frustrated and I was lamenting, God, why did you place me with these people? This isn't growing me. This isn't strengthening me. I don't see how this is actually establishing your kingdom. I don't have anything in common with these people. I really feel awkward and out of place. Why can't I be with my friends and other people like me who will challenge me and grow me and strengthen my faith and my understanding of you? As I processed this with God and shared with him what I wanted out of a group, I felt him actually concurring and agreeing with me. Yes, Lance, that's exactly what I want for you. And this is the group. These are the people that are going to take you there in this season. To my shame, I began to realise that what I had written off, what I had closed my mind to in this group was the very thing that God wanted to reveal to me and show me. That intentional investment in community was not about what I could get from it. It was not about the benefit to me and what health I could find and and my own faith growing and flourishing and being able to answer all the questions that I had. It was about at times walking the slow journey of life with people. It was about my life bumping into the life of others who I would otherwise never meet, who I wouldn't hang out with necessarily on a Saturday night, but who could teach me profound new truths of who God is of how he sees the world. I began to become humbled in amazing ways. I began to see the spirit of the living God in these uh, mates in this community. I began to fall deeply in love with these people who I came to call deep friends. And I noticed that life was not about what I could learn and understand and achieve when I sat with these dear friends. No, it was about how could I see the world in a new way? How could my idea of who Jesus is be changed? Yes, the conversation was still awkward at times. Yes, the prayer requests were sometimes very simple and repetitive and I didn't feel like we were really cooking with all that God wanted to do among us, but... I was continuously humbled and God revealed something new to me. Every time I gathered and intentionally loved these people. I share this story much to my shame, but I share it to remind you that each one of us is made in the image of our creator. 
and I don't carry the full image of God. Yes, I'm made in his image. Yes, his fingerprints are all over me. But I need to see him in you. And we need to see him in each other. And unless we're willing to actually slow down and walk the long, slow, complicated, difficult journey of life with each other, we will miss out on the fundamental truths of who he is that he wants to reveal to us. You know, we can place all sorts of barriers, um, barricades and obstacles that prevent us from entering into intentional community. And I actually want to say to you that I believe God would want us to tear away those barriers, to step over the obstacles and instead invest in intentional community and relationships. Because we need to see the image of God in each other, through each other, if we're to truly grow in our faith. It's not just about the content that we study and discuss. It's about the carrying of one another's burdens, the forgiving of one another and all of the journey of life that that involves. And so my wife and I were so passionate about actually investing intentionally in community. It's why each week we host a group of young people in our home from sort of mid-20s to late 20s, early 30s. And, and we value the time spent with them every week so profoundly. We share food together. We listen to one another. We laugh. We kind of make fun of ourselves. And then we open the scriptures. We let God speak to us. And what matters to me most about this time is that I need this group. Yes, I'm the leader, I'm the pastor, I can't get away from that whenever I front up, but I need these people. They show me who God is. As we ask questions of faith, as we explore things that we've covered a hundred times over and we look again and wonder together, well, what is it that God might want to say to us today? I am changed by the intentional investment in my group. And my faith is constantly growing as I see the world through their eyes, as I share in their burdens and I share my burdens with them. A profound thing happens. A little while ago in our group, we wanted to share testimonies, not just one-minute versions of our stories, but extended time given to each other to share our story. 20 minutes or so talking about the highs and lows of our lives, the mistakes, the failures, the successes, our hopes, our dreams, our fears. The chance to really get in under the lid of each other's lives and, and hear one another uh, intently. I shared my story. I had the most incredible experience as I spoke for 20-odd minutes of being loved and accepted. This most incredible experience of being known. Not because I'm the pastor or, or the leader, but being known because I'm Lance. As I am, my failures, weaknesses, shortcomings. I told the story that I just told you about my failures in a previous group and what God had shown me. And I experienced the gift of love in response. And week after week that followed as different people in our group with tears in their eyes shared their stories, their struggles, their hopes, their fears, their dreams. We had this incredible experience, each of us, of just wanting to reach out and grab them and hug them and say, we see you, we know you, we understand you and we love you. You are welcome among us. It's an incredible gift to be known and it's an incredible gift to know. To know and be known is a life-changing experience. To live in life-giving relationships, in life-giving groups, transforms how we see ourselves, how we know ourselves, 
and what we see and know and understand of the living God. This is not just an additional extra to faith in Jesus. This is foundational to what Jesus invites us to when we follow him. We believe in him, yes. Our lives are transformed by him, absolutely. And we intentionally invest on the road of life with others. And so I want to ask you, friends, as we consider what our lives will look like in 2021, who are your people? Who is your community? What are the names? What are the faces? Who are they that you are intentionally invested in? And do they know? Would they say that they are intentionally invested in you also? Who, are, who is it that you are called to? Some of you will be called to intentionally invest in Christian brothers and sisters and, and build one another up. That's great. And others will be sensing a pull towards those outside of church right now, outside of faith, on the fringes of knowing Jesus. And you are called to be a person who brings this kind of culture, this character into that community. Intentionally, you would be someone who leads them home, who introduces them and helps them to recognize and know and experience who Jesus is. You know, on our website, there's a bunch of groups that you can look at, suss out, suss out and, and choose to ask to join through this year. My favourite group at the moment is a lawnies group. A bunch of people that love their lawns, want to see them green and lush and flourishing. And so they gather together to talk about how they can have their lawns healthy and strong. And as they do that, they intentionally carry one another's burdens. They share the journey of life. They listen to one another and they intentionally bring the character of Jesus into that group of lawnies. It becomes a place of life-giving relationships. It's one of my favourites at the moment on our website. You might need to join a group through this next season. Or you might be someone that hearing me right now says, you know what, I need to be part of a group, yes, but I actually need to lead. I need to intentionally create the space for others to enter into. I want to encourage you to actually take steps this week to respond to that, to get in contact with us at the church. We'd love to support you or to speak to a support, a friend, a mentor about what it is that you need to create this year so that others can experience that sort of community. Or maybe you already know your crew. You already know your community. You could name them. You can think of them right now. If you've never properly invested Truth be told, you've been coasting along doing it with them, but this is the moment, this is the time, this is the season to start over and to genuinely invest with them. Whatever it is that you sense you're being called to in this moment, take a step towards intentionality and community right now. Because I don't know your story I don't know everything about you, but I do know this, that you and I were made for community. It's in the fabric of what makes us human. It's the very thing that Jesus asks us to form and to do and to invest in as we follow him. We are at our best when we live our lives for others. So what will it be? What will the intentional community around you be in 2021? The next step is yours. The ball is in your court. What will be your next step?